Hey, welcome to another transmission that was inspired once again by a conversation from one of the lovely ladies in our community. I just love this community. Um, and um, I really value the, the opportunity to come into the community and, and deliver a, a transmission based on the conversations that are happening um, within our members, within our community members. Our, we have different offers. Um, basically, people, men and women, who have been stuck in relational kind of anxiety, relationship distress, infidelity, insecure attachments, um, toxic trauma bonds, you name it, anything about relationships. Um, I love guiding people to have healthier relationships. If you've never met me before, you don't know my backstory. I usually give a little bit of a blurb in that in case you're watching this for the first time. I go into it almost every single time, just in case this is your very first time um, hearing me. Welcome, my name is Dr. Nima Romani. I'm a retired chiropractor. I don't usually go by Dr. Nima anymore, but people still call me that. You can call me Nima, it doesn't matter. Um, and the reason why I, I teach this is because I couldn't figure out relationships. And there was a weird two duality happening. Number one, I couldn't figure out relationships. Well, number one, first and foremost, as a chiropractor, I would notice that people's health issues were oddly tied in with really shitty um, relational issues. A breakup would then drive somebody into anxiety and attachment trauma, and then they would have health issues, right? So it's like, okay, so you have a breakup leading to an event, uh, an event like a breakup, and then health problems, anxiety issues, digestive issues. I just spoke with one of my uh, clients in our um, mastermind, in our Alchemy of Polarity mastermind, and she developed, she's like, all of my problems, my health uh, my life basically collapsed after my last relationship ended. Ah, okay. And I was like, hmm, I can, re I can relate to that because here I am as a chiropractor going uh, from di getting divorced from my first wife back in 2011, going through a series of failed relationships later in the same kind of toxic pattern, which I now understand to be a trauma bond. I didn't at the time. I now understand to be a trauma bond. And wondering why do I keep repeating the exact same pattern until finally my last relationship just completely blew up in my face. It blindsided me the way that I behaved, the way that I reacted, uh, the way that I became abusive and the way that I tolerated abuse because, you know, waking somebody up in the middle of the night, uh, poking the bear constantly, having threats and... Uh, manipulation, using sex, manipulation. I was just kind of like, that's not, that's not a red flag. That's just kind of like a normal way of doing relationships because it's oddly what was familiar. Tell, tell me if this is landing for you if, this, if you, if you're getting it. When we have had conditions from our past that are unresolved with the our, our primary attachments, what'll happen is we will... Defend, we will start our system. It's oftentimes these, are, these occur before we even have the language to talk about it. These 
patterns are very oddly familiar. And so we will be pulled unconsciously. It's not even something conscious. We'll be pulled into repeating them because in the universe, the universal design, our systems are craving resolution. Healing means to make whole. And so it's our attempt at healing them. But we don't learn the skills in how to heal them. We don't get the training. We don't get the guidance in how to heal them, how to really heal them. So we just end up repeating them because it's our younger selves, our younger parts, our shadows, our inner child, these terms of healing that I like to, to, to teach people about. They're just kind of bubbling to the surface saying, please heal me. And we cannot heal them. Please write this down. We cannot heal unless they are evoked. We can only heal them by triggering them. It's kind of like saying, I want to heal from, hey, this is what happens. People say, I want to heal from my um, fear of elevators. How do you know you feel healed from your fear of elevators, getting into elevators? Well, by getting into a fucking elevator. <laughs> you can't heal unless you do it. You have to evoke but, but it's too scary, but I can't. Yeah, I know. But how, do I, how do I do it? You actually have to get into the elevator. <laughs> but no, 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 I don't want to. I get it, so don't go in. And what happens is we avoid. Avoidance is a part of a trauma response because we don't know what to do with those feelings. We aren't able to move through fear. It's all about fear. Relationships, you got to make a space for fear if you want to have a healthy, secure relationship. The problem is we don't have a healthy space for fear. We feel fear and then we run the other way. We, re we react to fear, which is triggered. Okay, so um, after realizing all of this, after my last relationship ended, I paused from working and I said, holy shit, I don't want to die I, as successful as I am, I don't want to be successful and not have the experience of a healthy relationship. That's the one thing I haven't experienced. I've, I'm successful in all of these places, but I haven't had the experience of having a healthy relationship. So I did uh, what, you know, what I've learned to do that's made me successful is find the right people and invest in learning. Why invest? Why can't I just do it for free on a YouTube channel? Why can't I just read a book? Why do I have to invest? Well, because when I make an investment in it, now I'm emotionally attached. Now I'm emotionally attached to the outcome. I'm emotionally attached to the outcome. Invest in an outcome. Okay. And I'm going to explain to you why that's important. Because if I invest in the outcome, now I'm attached to the outcome. Because when things get difficult and my triggered, my triggers come up, these fears, and I want to back away, I can move in and lean in because I've emotionally invested in the outcome. So I invested in guides that guides many nervous system, relational, communication, all of that stuff so that I can go, because I was afraid. I was afraid of being successful and having everything that I wanted except the one most, and dying, 
not having experienced the one most important thing to me at that moment, because I was 43, it's like, fuck it. I've experienced all this stuff. I've done great things. I've won awards. I'm really smart guy. What is what's missing here? Healthy relationships. I didn't want to die not having the experience where I'm all in with someone where I trust myself because I didn't trust my it's not like I wasn't the anxious attached. I was the avoidant, by the way. So I, I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't trust that I would attract somebody. I didn't trust that I would want to stick around because soon as it became real, soon as the attachment hooks became in with that person, immediately I was flooded with this fear of being engulfed, fear of take, uh, of being responsible, fear of commitment, <clears throat> which is called the fear of engulfment, by the way, important for how I'm going to share with you this entire journey. So my fear of engulfment would come up and then I would want to run the other way. That's where our avoidant pattern comes from. So because of that, I didn't trust myself. And I said, all right, I got I to gotta resolve this. And I, and I invested in finding the right guide <clears throat> so that when these avoidant parts came up, <coughs> excuse me, so that when these avoidant parts came up, I could respond from who I'm becoming rather than who I once was. Let me say that again. Maybe you want to write this down. So that I could respond based on who I'm becoming, who wasn't there yet, which is a healthy, secure, stable, masculine partner who could be devotional with one woman, not have to play the field and fuck around, all sorts of fuckery that I didn't trust myself with, that now I can trust myself with one and that when problems would happen or when there was a conflict, I wouldn't want to go back to these old patterns, which was pornography, uh, sexting, chatting with exes, cheating, all of that stuff. That was was my pattern. Perhaps you're dating somebody like me. (laughs) Perhaps you're married to someone like me. Just know that I I get you or you're a man or you're in the masculine side because we work with same-sex couples too. Same conversation of polarity. There's always a masculine and a feminine even in same-sex couples. This conversation doesn't exclude anyone, okay? Even worked with the non-binary individual. So I really needed to solve this. I really needed to solve that. And when I figured this out, and I went through these, pill- the, these I call them the pillars, the five pillars, because nobody had it all in front of me. I had to figure it out from all these different places. And I was like, all right, so there's these pillars that I had to do. And I had to learn as though I was taking a university program. I took it on like, I'm going to get this education. I'm going to be guided as though my life depended on it. This was the key is that my life depends on it. And I, did, I, I, I was like, I've never had a family. Here I am, my twin brother, totally normal, healthy relationship. He has kids, but I'm in my 40s and I'm like, I don't have kids. I don't have a family. Am I going to be like a player for the rest of my life? Am I going to be in my 60s, like playing the field and trying to, you know, like get all this validation from all these women? Like, come on, when is it time to grow up? And I realized that my nervous system was dysregulated and I was unconsciously acting out of my wounds. And I didn't know how to work with these polarities 
that were emerging through me that would get triggered within these relational dynamics. And once I started going through those five shifts, I met Diana. I was like, I'm all in. We're, we're not perfect human beings. We're, we're still, you know, we're at the effect of, you know, fatigue and we have a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old now and we, we, we get into conflict and we now repair. I don't, I trust myself 100% and she feels completely safe except when we get into arguments in those moments, she'll say that she doesn't feel safe. <laughs> and, and my and my uh, and my little boy inside is like, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me? I provide so much safety, and I go in through that, but then we repair because I've learned how to communicate in a masculine way with devotional leadership, and I'm able to lead her into her feelings, out of her judgments, and have her feel safe and repolarize the relationship. I'm going to talk a little bit about why that's important too. So, and why I'm so keen on her is because she is in her feminine. Okay. And so as I've gone through this, the reason why I'm having this conversation, if you're, if you're interested is how do I go from an abusive toxic trauma bond to having a healthy relationship where I'm all in and it's not abusive. Neither of us are abusive to one another. We communicate very respectfully with one another. We argue, but we are very respectful to, with one another. And our son is like thriving. How do we do that? How do I do that? Well, I'm going to explain to you the five pillars that I take my uh clients to to get through that but i want to first address why i'm having this conversation this amazing woman boss babe successful you know it starts off hey look i'm such a success and da 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 and but i can't really figure it out so i'm going to go over her her um her message in her application and i'm going to kind of break it down and break it apart because if you are a boss babe uh, who is kind of like, you know, a, 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 you know, mother warrior energy, you know, mama bear energy, type in the chat, actually. If you identify with boss babe or mother bear type of energy where you're a caretaker, you look after people, you are so competent. But then why is it that these men are so unavailable emotionally to you? I figured it out after speaking with three yesterday, their blind spots were revealed. And I was like, all right, I got to share this. I got to share this publicly outside of the community and transmute this on YouTube and my podcast. And in an effort so that if anyone really, any anyone resonates with this, or if you're a man and you resonate with my story of, of how to get there, that you could now have the pieces so that you can take this to a guide that you trust and receive guidance to help you move through those fears and actually get to a place where you can be claimed or by a, by a masculine partner, or if you're a male or in the masculine, you can trust yourself to be devotional with one partner if you want. Okay, so polyamory, all of that stuff, up to you. I'm talking to those people who are just like, all right, I wanna, I wanna put, 
I want to channel my sexual energy into one person, into one kind of container so that I can really, why is that important? Well, sexual energy is creative energy. And if we can find a place to contain it, which we don't learn how, every man is addicted to pornography, so they're leaking it everywhere or sexting or whatever. So there's no containment of that energy. What happens, what happens is it leaks everywhere and it's, it becomes destructive. It's a high, very powerful energy that I had, that we all have, that we don't learn how to channel and, and, and direct in, in healthy places. And because we don't know how to do that, we have destruction in relationships, we have addictions, we have affairs, we have um, just these really toxic trauma bond dynamics. And I really, I'm committed to helping heal family systems. Because if we don't heal that, all of that spills on to the kids. And the kids experience a really unhealthy dynamic. And then because you have a single parent who isn't having their kind of creative sexual energy uh, within the context of a secure relationship, the child feels kind of like they have to take over. They feel responsible. They feel energetically, they feel covertly like the surrogate partner often. Little boys will feel like they have to take on mama's boy and mama's little man. And then all of a sudden there's a weird energetic dynamic, even if it's not overt incest by the mother to the son or the father to the daughter. Overt, then you have, that's a form of trauma and you have your a whole series of problems, but it can actually be covert where the child takes on this dutiful sense of responsibility to look after the parent because the parent's relationship is fucked. So the child then takes it on and says, it's my responsibility, my fault. And they spend, that child will spend their whole life, I'm talking about this child, this is me, spend their whole life trying to break free from that energetic bond with mom and using their partners to do it. How? Well, here's what it looks like energetically enmeshed and entangled with the responsibility of looking after mom because of their unhealthy codependent dynamic. Well, I have this deep desire to connect with women, but then as soon as the connection happens, boom, fear of engulfment, which I'm about to talk to you about in a moment. And now all I wanna do is I feel trapped and I wanna break free. It's a commitment. Ah, it feels too much like I'm responsible for mom. If I haven't divorced from mom, then I'm going to use my relationships to try to divorce from mom. If you haven't divorced, energetically divorced, what do I mean by that? By infatuation or resentment. If you are holding on to infatuation towards daddy or mommy or resentment towards mommy and daddy, you're energetically not divorced from them. So guess what happens? Because of the nature of healing, you will get to until talking to a counselor once a week. I'm not just talking about talking to a counselor once a week. I'm talking about truly healing this at a body-based level. If you don't, we get to then keep repeating it until we do. So I'm going to go in through this little um experience and I'm going to share with you what I discovered in hopes that you can get a little peace for yourself 
and then take this to a guide and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to actually finally commit to this because it's not going to change on its own. And it's definitely not going to change just by you watching this YouTube video or um, this Facebook Live or listening to this podcast. It's very helpful. Awareness is the first step. What you do with that awareness is the challenge. And I'm going to share with you the blind spot in this case, especially if you're the anxious attachment and you can't have person commit because it takes a commitment to heal this. A commitment, say, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going in. I'm going all in to, to heal this. So typical Mediterranean strict father with lots of emotional issues. My abandonment issues stem from the lack of emotional parenting I had access to, 100%. Every one of us do. So you're exactly right. My father left us off during on and on during my entire childhood. Trauma bond with mom. It's a trauma bond with mom. So guess what? Because of their inconsistent patterns that were downloaded from their childhood, it's a cycle. From their, their childhood, they were acting it out. And then you got to experience being in, a, in an unsafe container where dad really wasn't showing up as a d dominant masculine. And by dominant, I don't mean domineering. I mean a really good, healthy, loving masculine who's dominating with loving energy, not, not um, tyranny. You know, they say, smash the patriarchy. Well, the, that's, that's not the re real patriarchy. The real patriarchy, everybody would love a healthy patriarch, would you not? Picture that amazing grandfather that who's able to regulate their emotions, who's not acting out of a wound, who's really devotional to, to taking care of and containing his family. That's true patriarchy, right? But when we have wounding happening and the, 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 the masculine isn't healed, he's emasculated, what happens is he's not able to contain the emotions of his woman, He's not able to lead her out of her judgments into her feelings. He gets activated and becomes emasculated by them and then wants to get the fuck away, the avoidant, right? So that's what was happening. My, uh, my father, my mother was always working to survive and get ahead as, a, as a, uh, an immigrant and was not accessible, but she was not the most emotional being either, right? Then your mother had to then go into her masculine energy to provide, she had to become the provider, I feel so much compassion towards her because of her unhealed wounds and her um, codependency and dad leaving. She's now got to become the masculine, the provider. And then lack of emotions, lack of showing, you know, feminine grace. You then get the picture that your mother, to be a successful mother, got to get shit done type of woman. You then start to embody that, that that's what a mother does. And you start unconsciously learning that this is how to mother. This is how to be a mother. This is how to, I got to be a provider too. Because of that unhealed resentment towards dad, we can't trust men. I got to be in control. Your mother reacted and responded to the lack of safety by, I got to be in control. Control is the key. When the masculine wound, when a woman has a masculine wound from father, immediately the response to survive is mama bear, boss babe, control. And so 
this is what ends up happening. And so you start to lean in towards your masculine. Even if you have children and you're nurturing, you had that experience. My mother was always working to, my mother spent most of her life fighting with my father and taking all the abuse to survive, right? So she abandoned her heart in order to, you know, to be with with him, which is what happens when we have low self-worth, right? It's all about low self-worth and what we feel we deserve receiving. Deep down, your mother didn't feel she was deserving of more because of her wounding. And that's common with, with these unhealed dynamics. We never knew when my father would get upset or leave us for days or months. Right. No control. So you're going to respond by, I got to be in control. All right. I was ignored because I was the good kid in the family, the responsible one, and the one who had the least demands and caused the least trouble. Great. So then hyper-independence starts to happen and you were rewarded for that. So you start to develop this identity of hyper-independence. This is who I am. Here's the problem. Okay, well, let me, let me, let me, let me get to that. <laughs> this is the blind spot. The least taken care of financially and emotionally and by far the least secure in life. Oh, wait, ironically, I look at myself today compared to my two sisters and I'm the least cared for today by my partner. I'm going to explain to you why. The least taken care of financially and emotionally and by far the least secure in my life. I'm going to explain why. I do everything for myself and no one to depend on. No one has ever stepped up to the plate for me and wanted to give in his all. I'm going to explain why. I'm about to explain why. Even in my marriage, there were conditions, prenup, detachment, constant holding back, love to manipulate. I'm 52 year old, years old and I feel broken. I'm always thinking, why am I not good enough for the people I love? I'm about to explain that. Why do I keep entering the same patterns? I'm about to explain that. Why can't I walk away from those uh, who can't give me what I want? Why am I so emotionally dependent? Why can't I be like everyone else? I see all kinds of women with devoted partners and even if they are unhappy today, at some point that man chose that woman happily to enter in that free commitment. Why don't I deserve that? I'm about to explain that. Why won't someone choose me and do whatever it takes to have me? I'm gonna explain that. I saw why it was yesterday, by the way. I saw the answer. Um, why won't so, and more importantly, why don't I make good choices and insist to be treated properly? I've gone from one bad relationship to another, engaged once, married once in an extramarital affair who I'm thought he had left his wife but never did. And now today in a relationship with a man I adore most, but I just can't get there, but, but just can't get there for me. I, I, I did to stop this pattern. Uh, I didn't do anything to stop this pattern. He, um, Either I'm selecting all the wrong people or I'm doing something wrong myself. Um, something wrong myself. And right now I can only fix myself. Ah, so what did she do? She reached out and thank you for sharing that, by the way. And thank you for giving me permission to share this. And I was like, can I give you some tough love, like brotherly love? Because that's how I work. Now, I wanted to also say is that she's been going to a therapist right? Going to the next session, going to the next session, to a counselor, to the next session, committing to the next session, talk about your problems, talk, 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 and then for years, but no results. And this is one of the biggest, um, uh, this is one of the biggest um, complaints that the people in our community who are working in our programs have. And I'm going to explain why. 
So after, here's what she did. She messages me and she just starts with the first phase of the trauma bond, the love bombing. <laughs> first phase of the trauma bond is love bombing. Okay, this is what a trauma bond is. Love bombing, oh my God, Dr. Nima, you're amazing. And I see this a lot. This is what you're... Um, you're this, you're that, nobody's like you. That's the first phase is love bombing. As soon as she said that, immediately my red flag. Originally, when I first began and I was kind of like doing my own, as I'm doing my own healing work, I was really flattered by that. I was like, wow, this is gonna be a lot of fun to work with this person. So she starts with the first phase, the love bombing. And, and now when it happens with people who DM me and they're like, oh my God, you're this, you're this, I've searched high and low for you. I've been going to different therapists because you can have trauma bonds with different, with your therapist, with your sister, with, you know, there's phases of this. And the first phase was there. So my red flags went up and I said, okay, let me ask you some questions first. I just want to see if you're ready. And she says, I'm ready. I can't do this anymore. I got to do this. I, I just I have to know what's going on. I'm like, okay, great. So based on, because we've had this dance and we work with trauma, and emotions come up and people get reactive. We want to make sure that we're talking to the right people. This isn't, I'm not for everybody. And a specific type of person is going to get the result. It's not everybody. I'm going to share with you what that list is right afterwards. But when I look at all the people, like I'm about to share, Sheila, Laura, uh, Michelle, these women who jumped in and did these kind of processes and went through my process that I kind of outlined and followed it to the letter, they are all married right now, all three of them. And at the beginning, they were like, they were in toxic relationships that were actually abusive. I think all three of them were abusive relationships. And now the, like it's night and day difference, right? And they, they were like claimed, they were like, we're getting married, I want you, right? So, then what happens is we said, all right, in order for this to happen, in order for this to work, in order for us to work together, in other words, in order for my relationship with you, you got to look at your relationship with a guide in the same way as all relationships. And by the way, how you do this relationship with your guide is a huge window to how what happens. Okay? And I had three of these types of relationships. It begins with all the compliments. Then the second part happened where I said, okay, so fill out this application. There's a $150 deposit. And then you're going to jump on a call with our community manager. And she's going to start poking to see if you're actually ready to do the actual work. Because to do the work means that these patterns that, you are, that you're living, it's not your fault. Let me put you at ease. It wasn't your fault. It came from your upbringing you just shared. This dynamic, this trauma-bonded dynamic between dad and mom, this codependency, this hyper-masculinization with mom, this lack of trust and fear of a masculine, of the masculine, but deep desire to be cherished and claimed by the masculine is a neurological blueprint in your body that happened often before you even had the language to talk about it. So going to a therapist for a session, thinking that that's just gonna, maybe I'm gonna commit to the next session. I'm committing to this next session. 
and talking about it. All right, there, how's it going? No. These patterns of insecure attachments don't go away with talk therapy. They must be, they must be felt and evoked. You must lean into these triggers that cause you to fight and react, flight and run, freeze or fawn and submit or not submit or fix, just placate, people please. Those four trauma, those four trauma responses are how, how you do relationships. And if you don't learn how to regulate those, they take over. Right? So what ends up happening is, in your case, this boss babe is like, Ugh, I'm gonna do it all myself. I'm amazing. I'm gonna do so-and-so. Like we start to then go deeper into our masculine because of these masculine wounds that haven't healed. Okay? The ladies will go, why? Because I gotta take care of myself. I have to do it all myself. That's what your mother did. So this experience of not being cared for, deep down there's a little girl inside that feels that she's not worthy to receive love. She's not worthy of receiving a man's provision. So, and that mistrust of masculinity causes us to split into two different parts. Okay, and I'm gonna share these two parts with you right now. I'm gonna show you what it looks like here. Let's see if I can, if I can pop it open. Okay, so here it is. So I'm just gonna use this here to, to flip the screen and here it is. So what is this part? Let's see. At first, first things first, we're in a spectrum and there's this healthy balance of self. There's, you're a spectrum of all of these parts, of all of these um, aspects within yourself. Your higher self is a balanced self where you have this awareness of these many different aspects and facets of yourself. But once you have this trauma like you did as a child, your soul fragments into different parts. The first part is the part that's, it's called fear of engulfment. This is the part of you that's afraid, it's terrified of being controlled by a dominant man, okay? It's terrified, it's like, I don't wanna be controlled, I don't wanna lose myself, I don't want to, um, uh, I don't want to just be swept away by my emotions. And we, other, we have another part, it's called the fear of abandonment. So these two parts are within all of us. These are polarities within us. When dad left, you had two parts that were emerging. One part that was afraid of being left by the masculine, okay? However old that feels. Pay attention in your body, how old does that part of you feel? And then there's this other part of you that got hurt by dad, maybe had some abuse in, in, in your teenage years from other men, you know, growing up who are in their, in their wounding. That's called the fear of, who are very hyper controlling, okay? That wounding, that masculine wound, then you have a fear of being controlled. 
especially after you've gone through a divorce and you haven't worked through all of that. You might've talked about it, but it's still, these parts are kind of stuck in our shadows. Now these parts are within all of us. There isn't a human being that doesn't have them. But what happens is that's why it's called approach, avoidance, repetition, compulsion. Let me say that again. Approach, avoidance, repetition, compulsion. So this part of you that fears abandonment, that wants, that wants connection, immediately when connection is alive and possible, gets fucking terrified. That's the fear of abandonment part. Gets terrified, fear of engulfment part comes on and wants to run away. So deep down inside, this fear of engulfment part automatically, unconsciously, through no you know, uh, conscious effort, seeks out emotionally unavailable men. Why? Well, because if you were to really connect with a man who was emotionally available, who could really see your emotions and cared for your emotions, that would terrify the fuck out of you. It's terrifying. It's like, ugh, or revolting. It would actually revolt you. You think you want it. A part of you does. You just want to be seen, want to be held. So that's the fear of abandonment. That chases, which is also masculine energy, by the way, because it's just what you've been used to. You're chasing, but then when possibility arises, a man who's fully there, and I'm working with one, one gal who was in a trauma bond for four years, a guy who was never gonna commit, finally, through the work we've been doing, she's able to cut him off. That took heroic amounts, like going into recovery, addictions recovery, because deep down there's a part that, you know, you, know, you might not be addicted to um, substances, but consider the possibility you're addicted to emotionally unavailable men. Why? Because the dopamine starts kicking in. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after them. The chase. And if you were to get them, boom, you get that high. It's like having the love of your dad all over again that you didn't receive. And what ends up happening is because he's likely avoidant, his fear of engulfment comes up, fear of commitment shows up, and he runs to run the other way. And so he runs and then you go back to your own thing and like, okay, that's enough. I'm done with this. And then he shows up again when you pull away because his fear of abandonment shows up. So then he comes after you and starts the next phase, which is love bombing. And then once the connection make happens, then there's a devaluing and a discarding, discarding and running away. So he love bombs you. And then soon as it becomes real, devalues you, says you weren't what I thought, got, get, got his wounds triggered by whatever happens and then discards you and says, I'm out of here, I'm not doing it, okay? That's the pattern you've been used to. Now, check this out. This is the blind spot. The blind spot is you say you want an emotionally available partner, but the truth of the matter is that would fucking terrify you because if he truly was emotionally available and was present, like this other client I was talking about, she goes on a date and is being magnetized with, by all these guys. She goes on a date with an emotionally available partner, is messaging me, because I work with her private. She's like, oh my God, I'm revolted. I'm like, there's your fear of engulfment part coming up. We know what to do with it now. And I'm coaching her through shifting that neurological pattern and blueprint that is revolted 
and feels responsibility, feels a sense of like dread because of a kind of an abusive situation that she had with her father growing up. And then started going, started crying, going, oh, what's going on? Because, oh my God, I sabotage, I, I'm programmed to sabotage any relationship with a secure guy who wants to show up for me. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. She's like, I thought that I've been pissed off at him for not, she's like, oh my God, I've been, I've been unconsciously seeking this dynamic because a guy to show up for me is revolting when you haven't healed your wounds. And you can't go to a therapist on your next session and expect that to, to, to resolve. This is, takes a commitment. It takes a commitment to heal those because it's a wiring. It's in the wiring of your nervous system. Does that make sense? Because there's a part of you that feels like you don't deserve it. The part of you that was abandoned feels like you don't deserve it. The undeserving. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, okay, that's fine. Nima, you're full of hot air. Okay, great. I can't see you. It's not personal, okay? I'm not calling you out personally. What's personal to you is universal to all these people that I work with. Try this on. I want you to close your eyes and imagine a really secure, healthy man who's like a catch, who's deeply in his masculine, who's devoted, who's safe, who's successful. And he really just wants to devote himself to you. Try that on for a moment. Take a slow, deep breath. Try it on and feel what that feels like in your body. You might feel some great feelings. The fear of abandonment parts of you are like, yay, my dreams are answered. But look again, type in the chat what you notice. If you're very honest with yourself, do you start to feel a fear coming up? Do you start to feel your throat tightening, your heart pounding? Guess what that is? That's your fear of engulfment part, part of you that feels that you're gonna be responsible, that you're gonna lose yourself in this person and then they'll leave you again. That's your fear of a engulfment part. And that's the kind of polarity, the duality of the polarity is that they're both intertwined. They're both intertwined. Is this making sense? Type in the chat, is this making sense? Going back to my other view. Now, something interesting happened with her and I knew that it would. So she books the call. The next day she messages me. Now she's been following me and she was love bombing me the day before. All of a sudden she starts going into, uh, I, I just can't. She had her, she's like, I, sorry, I have to cancel. I have to get, keep, keep, the, keep the deposit. She was being very kind, which I appreciate. I don't care. The deposit we do to make sure that the person's serious. Soon as we put the deposit in, 90%, they're like, oh, okay, I'm not doing it. It's like, thank you. Thank you for letting us know it worked. <laughs> so she was very kind, which we don't have. I'll, re I'll return your deposit. It's not a big deal. 150 bucks, not, that's not the thing. We're not trying to, we're looking for the right type of person who's ready to break the cycle. Because if we don't break the cycle, it passes on to the next generation. Our children, our sons and daughters witness this and go, that's how I'm going to do relationship. That's what I deserve. 
Now watch this. I'm going to answer the other questions that you had about why do my sisters have it, not me. Check this out. Here's the blind spot. Soon, at the, the day before, she was love bombing me. The second that we were like, okay, let's do this. We're about to do her, her, um, uh, her, her appointment. She messages me. I'm so sorry. You're wonderful, but I just can't. I, I, I can't. I don't know what's going on. Immediately, she's like, is this a scam? Is he out to get me? What is that? That's the fear of engulfment. I have, tr I have, tr sorry, I have trust issues. I'm like, exactly. So I'm just going to retreat. I don't want to be consumed. I talked to another woman yesterday, exactly the same thing. Oh, I, I, I don't want to, I'm just going to do it on my terms. I'm just going to go to the next therapy. I'm just going to continue with my therapist. Why? Because I can control that. If I were to enter a program and be led by you, a man, I'm gonna, I might lose control and I need control because it's fucking terrifying for the little girl inside of me with fear of engulfment to let go of control. And that's the one blind spot factor. You can't, you can't learn that with a therapist. You can only learn that by letting go of control. And so she didn't even want to do the, the, the discovery call where we interview her. Definitely not a fit. So that, that worked well. But I just wanted to tell her, I was like, there's a blind spot here when you're ready. Go talk to your therapist or whoever. Guess what her excuses were? I don't know who, who I don't have. I have trust issues and I don't want to commit to anything. Uh, did you hear that? I have trust issues and I don't want to commit to anything. I'm a single mother. Those three things. And I'm like, and here's my invitation. When you think about the guy that you're dating, what do you think his main three obstacles are about claiming you? He's got trust issues. He doesn't want to commit. And the fact that you have, you're, a, you're a single mother. So the very thing that all of these women that I notice are judging in these men that they're saying, why won't they commit? Why won't they devote to me? It's because you won't fucking commit to you. It's because you won't devote to you. It's because you don't want to surrender control. The control aspect of your psyche based on your woundings, ladies, boss babes, mama bear, which make you such beautiful, caring, nurturing humans, cause you to lean into your masculine, your boss babe, your masculine. And so the more masculine that you become, the more masculinized the men that you will need to date in order for there to be a good union. But the problem is, the, the more masculine the man is, the more feminine we want our partners. We don't want a hyper-masculine boss babe who's independent. That is, that is hyper-independence is like krypton, it is not kryptonite, is like, ugh. To a, to a masculine man. I don't need my wife being hyper-independent. I like that she's 
devotionally dependent on me. She's And she's no stick in the mud. She's got her master's degree, black belt in karate. She could be perceived as, you know, empowered. She's totally empowered, a totally empowered woman. But she surrenders. She doesn't need to be in control. And that, every woman that I dated before I met her, I knew that I was not going to marry. I knew, I was like, I even had a prenup in my first marriage because deep down I was like, uh, she's trying to control me and I, this is the only way that I can have control. It's that aspect of control. And when I met Diana, I was like, I don't need a prenup. I can't believe I'm saying that. What is it? Because she's so healthy and her feminine. She doesn't need to fucking control, which makes me lead her and ma which makes me devotional to her because she surrenders to my leadership. That's what a masculine, healthy masculine man wants. And you might be saying, yeah, but I haven't had that before and they've all burnt me. I'm not saying to just surrender and submit to any asshole. I'm saying to have a higher self-worth in your femininity where you are honoring your heart. You're deep in your body and you're able to feel your emotions. You've found intimacy with those vulnerable parts, the parts of you that have fear of abandonment and the parts of you that are fear of engulfment. So you know how to regulate yourself when that part comes up and you know how to regulate yourself when that part comes up. So in other words, in order for you to surrender control, you must commit to the path and receive guidance from a guide. I'm not saying necessarily me. It might not be a right fit. That's why we kind of suss people out because it's got to be nourishing for both of us. I'm not going to work with somebody who's going to basically say Nyah! to everything I say. Why? Why would I want to guide that? I'm ready. I, that's why we, we interview people and the people who get those results have now gotten to a place. They've watched my content enough. They know this isn't a fucking, she was like, I wonder, is this a cult? She started, all of these thoughts she got into her head. Is this a cult? Another one earlier said, oh, I don't have any time. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. That's fear of engulfment. I need to be in control. The one thing the biggest blind spot for boss babes that block you from being able to have that masculine man is your inability to surrender control. And you can't learn that by watching a video. You can't learn that by listening to a podcast. You can't learn that by just talking and committing to the next call or the next therapy session because that's a convenient way to just kind of like talk, have someone... You can emotionally dump, have someone listen to you and then see you next week without having to change anything. So why do your sisters have, the, have men claiming them? Because your sisters don't need to be in fucking control all the time. I don't even know. I don't even know who they are, but that's just the, the, the laws of, of nature. You know, they, 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 they want to be led, right? And you're a salsa dancer as well, so... If you're a salsa dancer, you know, it's like there's a lead and there's a follow. If I'm a salsa dancer and I'm dancing with a woman who doesn't follow my lead, I can't wait for the fucking song to end. But when I'm dancing with someone, she could be a professional, but she follows my, and she's like superstar, but she follows my lead. <gasps> I just want to take care of her.
and devote myself to making sure she has a great time. These are the rules of polarity. And it's not your fault if you haven't learned. It's just you haven't been guided. You've been trying to play it safe where you can be in control, which was what you did yesterday. I see it. That's the blind spot. So you can't have it both ways. If you want a masculine man, the more hyper-masculine and in control you are and not committing, I don't want to commit. That's why I don't want a commitment. Yeah, I know. That's what your man is saying to you. <laughs> so he's treating you the exact way that you're treating your healing journey. If you're truly wanting within one year to see a completely different scenario, and it's going to take about a year at least. Well, no, not at least. It's going to take several months. I used to say, oh, three months. Now, after doing this for a while, your nervous system is resilient, especially if you're in your 40s, your 50s, and you're going up. We're not like 18. If you're 18 years old, yeah, just doing these practices within a few months, massive shift, right? But ask yourself, are you committed to spending the next year being guided by somebody who can take you through a process, a process you must surrender to? Yeah. Watch your body just fucking... Yeah. Practice in your body following a strong and devoted lead. Doesn't have to be me, whether it's me or somebody else. You must have a guide. I didn't get here just watching YouTube videos. I love YouTube videos. Fuck, I love them constantly. I'm in it all the time. But I invested all in because my life depended on it. And now I have a family. I just didn't want to die not having experienced that. And now that's why it's so important to me to guide men into their kind of like leadership, right? By healing their attachment wounds, by learning how to regulate their nervous system, by learning how to heal the past and integrate these shadows of fear of abandonment, fear of engulfment, which is going to happen no matter what. These polarities exist within all of us, you know? I, you know, when I'm speaking... Speaking up here, and I'm going to, I always make an offer for anybody who resonates to send me your um, backstory. If you're truly ready and you're ready to apply and you're ready to commit to healing yourself, to do that. And when I offer that, all of a sudden, my fear of engulfment shows up with all of these, oh my God, am I going to be overwhelmed with all of these people who are not really ready, say they are pretending just wanting to just emotionally dump and not do the work, which is what happens in my inbox quite a bit. So I always have this fear that comes up whenever I make this offer, but that's what I kind of, I've learned how to manage that. <laughs> I've learned how to integrate that as it comes because these are the, these are practices. Your relationships are a spiritual practice. And don't think that just when you land that person or you get the ring, the work is done. No, my friend. Relationship is a spiritual practice. My wife is my reflection. She, she's here to teach me how to love myself even deeply and how to become a better leader and be, just commit to just leading her with more devotion and teaching my son how to be a healthy masculine container for his future partner. Okay? So that's why I'm here. And um, if you're feeling resonance with this and you're ready to learn how to regulate the nervous system, clear these past 
woundings, as you shared about mom and dad who were in their own trauma bond and because of their unhealed wounds, kind of pass that along to you and you're ready to stop from passing it on to the next generation because it didn't start with you. This isn't your fault. Let's remove blame and fault and shame out of this conversation and just go into the word commitment. If you're committed and you fall and you um, kind of identify with certain these following traits, I would love to hear from you. I'm here to serve. Not everybody. I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Um, by the way, Laura Friedman, who uh, started off with me doing this process, she was like, I, I've been watching you for two years and I've been resisting working with you because my ex-husband is Persian and you remind me of my ex-husband and fuck. And she goes, but that's why I must work with you. And so she just did. And at the beginning of their working together, she's a single mother of two. Her partner, her boyfriend at the time was like, ah, too much drama. I got I got a bolt. And he was having his fear of engulfment, fear of commitment. She was like, wait, let me work with this guy. So she starts working with him. And I just posted in the group photos of their wedding that happened last summer. And she's like the biggest fan. And now she's, and she's got two kids. So if you're saying, oh, I'm a mother, single mother, it's not going to happen. No, he's devoted to her and the kids. He's a fucking amazing guy. I got to meet him as well. Sheila V, boss babe. She's very successful. She's an author. She does book tours. Like, look her up. You know, she wrote this book called Brave. Uh, Vierasa, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Pardon me, Sheila, if I got it wrong. Abusive relationship after another. Boss babe in control. She surrendered and to my guidance and leadership. That was difficult for her. But it's kind of like you have to have your nervous system experiencing what it's like to be in a safe masculine container. If you've never had that before, my heart goes out to you. I'm sorry that, that men aren't stepping up and doing the work. I'm, I'm planning on changing that. But once you have, they all, all the women say the same thing is, I didn't know what it was like to be contained by a healthy masculine. I was like, wow, I'm touched. So once your nervous system gets that feeling of what it's like through your fear of engulfment, through your fear of, oh, my trust issues, how are you going to heal from your trust issues? Same way you're going to heal from fear of elevator, being in an elevator, by trusting. I have trust issues. The reason why you can't becomes the reason why you must. So find someone that you trust and lean into and bring your fear of not trusting to the table and express it. And after a few months, you're like, wow, I'm in a different place. After one year, you could be one of those people who are claimed. And it happens very quickly if you're committed to the process, right? I can't make guarantees, but it all depends on how deep you want to go because it's not me that's doing the work. So I'm going to share. And then the third person I wanted to share, Michelle, you know, abusive relationship, you know, narcissistic abusive relationship, boss babe took the time to heal, followed my process, got held in a safe masculine container, and lo and behold, what happens? Meets the guy, messages me going, wow, he is amazing. And um, they just got married last month, and I'm following them on Facebook, and I'm like, yay, way to go. So if you... If this, this isn't for everybody, here were the traits that they had. Tell me if this lands for you. So this is what I'm looking for, if this sounds like you. If it doesn't, bring all of what I'm sharing to your therapist or counselor and talk to them. 
Okay, see what you can what you can come up with. But tell me if this sounds like you. You're already on the path, whether you're he, whether you're doing this with me or not. Are you already on the path of healing? This and breaking the cycle and healing from a trauma bond because it's a path. I'm still healing from my trauma bonds. It's a lifelong path. Number two has felt disappointed with conventional methods and is open to trying something new. Does that sound like you? Here's the other. I've made a list of the people who have been successful just so that you don't waste your time. Is willing to receive feedback. By the way, I appreciate you who uh, who who said, "Yeah, I, I, give me the feedback. Give it to me straight." You know, you are like, give me tough love. This is like big brother energy, by the way, because I, I, I want you to win, right? I want you to win. Willing to receive feedback and have their blind spots gently revealed. Type in the chat if you had a blind spot revealed on this call and was that painful, okay? Next one, open to sharing your truth even though it might feel scary like you're being exposed or being judged. So you gotta be open to being judged. Next one is humble enough to look in the mirror. Or are you like, no, no, I don't have, like we were like, yeah, we can see the anxiety coming up. No, I don't have anxiety. I used to, but I don't anymore. Yeah, you just got anxiety that came up that took you out of your commitment to healing, right? Are tired of playing the victim and no longer are looking to have their victim story validated by a provider any longer. You just keep going week after week. Here's my victim story. Here's my victim story. Um, are ready for real change, are willful and intentional in being the change, are willing to throw away the terms fault and blame. You have to place a high priority on investing in yourself and your healing and already have done so before and you get that it's a path and a process and you're committed to it. Understand that it's your own healing that uplifts others so you're ready to make yourself a priority because it's going to spill over to your family and your work and you're going to make more money and you're going to do all of that by valuing yourself. You're that valuable to commit to. Resourceful and resilient enough that they can make their decisions in the spirit of who they are becoming rather than from their trauma. So you can't make decisions. Well, no, 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 I have trust issues. Yeah, that was your old self. Your new self says, I trust myself. I'm going to find a guide and I'm going to lean into the fear of engulfment of trusting someone, fear of losing control, and I'm going to trust, find trust within myself by doing it. Are resourceful and resilient enough that you can make your own decisions in the spirit of who you're becoming. You're understanding the importance and the value of training in emotional literacy and healthy emotional expressions. Next one is you have support from loved ones around you, and even if you don't, you won't let that stop you. That's a key. Even if they say, oh, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to, you're still, you're all in. Next one is, is ready to receive a secure relationship within the container with me. So you might not know what a secure relationship is, but if I can be honest with you and have you have safety to be honest with me without me, without fear of me, you know, chewing you out or, um, you know, cussing you out. Like really I'm working constantly on myself. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I'm committed to repair. I'm committed to creating a secure relationship with my clients so that you understand what that's like when you go out there and understands. Here's the next one. Understands that this is a spiritual path and is wanting to gain further trust in your divinity. 
So really this healing from trauma is about connecting with yourself and trusting in your divinity. And another trait is that you see the totality of the work that you're doing because you're breaking the collective unconscious individually. What you're dealing with is not just you. Every one of us have it. And you're doing your part in the collective. You're a cycle breaker, essentially. And the last one is you feel called to work with me as your guide. If any of those sound like you, send me a DM. Let me know why. Tell me your backstory. And tell me what you received out of this. Go ahead, type in the chat. Tell me what you received. And um, I'd love to, to, to see what you got out of it. And if you have any other questions, I'll be back doing more of these. But when you're ready, let me know. And I'd be happy to see if we're a fit. See you at the next perfect time.